episode-by-episode podcast review of CBS's action-adventure series MacGyver. I'm Patrick O'Reilly. And I'm Richard Wells. And today we'll be tackling Season 6, Episode 13, The Wasteland. was January 21st, 1991. It was directed by Michael Caffey, and it was written by Grant Rosenberg and Robert Hamner. Uh, this is their only episode that they wrote. And uh, Hamner actually created the series SWAT, the TV series SWAT, okay. in All 1975, right. which uh, was later adapted into a film. I did not realize that that film was adapted from a TV show. I, I, I knew the film was adapted from the TV show, but uh, it didn't. I don't know. I don't know how much relevance it had to it. Yeah, I, I know nothing about either one except for the titles. I never actually saw that movie. Actually, I know that it's about a stealth fighter becoming self-aware and then a team of pilots having to shoot it down or something like that. That, that that's stealth. Oh, is Not it? SWAT. What is SWAT? SWAT is like the like ultimate like tough tough boys squad. So okay. you got because you got like LL Cool J, you got Michelle Rodriguez. Okay. Um, you got, uh, is it Samuel L. Jackson? Probably. He's in everything. It's yeah. safe to just throw his so name in any. It's, 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 it's about like this great group of uh, a SWAT team, right? Okay. And, uh, there is a high profile, uh, criminal who's being transferred and this criminal has promised $10 million or something like that to whoever busts him out. Oh, so okay. like all these different groups of people are trying to get at him. It's, it's, uh. So, well, Isn't that the same as that Bruce Willis movie, like Sixteen Blocks? Yeah, I was gonna say. Um, it's it's like that in the sense, but in Sixteen Blocks, it's just corrupt cops who are after him. Okay. Um, I'm trying to think of what, what a good parable. Smoke would be. and aces. Yeah, smoke and aces. That that is the exact perfect okay. perfect yeah. thing to to describe it. Yeah. Um, and uh, there's a guy that uh, the police are after as a witness, but there's. A mafia hitman offering like a crazy amount of money mm-hmm. for everybody to kill him, so all these assassins come out of the yeah. woodwork. And like, yeah, all the assassins are super, super characterized. Yeah, um, that's Joe Carnahan, right? Uh, sounds right. They they teased Ben Affleck as like the star of the movie, but he's in it for like three minutes. I don't even remember him being in that. Yeah, because he gets killed right away. Spoiler alert. Yeah. Um, and it's like it's like an early Ryan Reynolds movie before yeah. he was real big. I think Joe Carnahan's supposed to be doing Bad Boys 3 now. Really? Yeah. I, I didn't like Smoke and Aces, but I think the style was right. Um, yeah, I, th- I feel the same way about Joe Carnahan that I feel about uh, what's his name? Batman versus Superman. Oh, it's like, Zack Snyder? Yeah, Zack Snyder. It's like he can make it look nice, but he can't really write a story mm-hmm. or compose a narrative very well. Um, but yeah. Enough about SWAT. <laughs> well, that must concludes our movie reviews. Um, why don't we describe this episode in brief? Uh, in this episode of MacGyver, uh, MacGyver is investigating a uh, building site for a new, basically a whole new city. Um, the Phoenix Foundation is in charge of working with the EPA to figure out if it's going to be a sustainable land for... Right. And, uh, Not completely unlike... The episode where they're building like a shopping mall on this marshland that he was doing the, what was the one where Deborah was trying to kill him originally? Oh, the uh, negotiator. Yeah, it was the it was a beachfront. Right, beachfront. Yeah, he said yeah. like yeah, like if, if they build if they built in that uh, that uh, the water the 
the water patterns would change, like if they built breakwaters and stuff, right. and it would erode completely erode this beach. Right, and there's these people with these. They already plan to do it, so they're trying to falsify the records. And, mm-hmm. um, yeah, so not totally different from yeah. that episode. But this episode opens kind of misleading because it's talking about the wasteland, so you think that's what it's going to be about. And it, a lot of stuff takes place here. Sure. So it starts off in a quote-unquote wasteland. Right. Which is really just a marsh or wetland. Yeah. Um, it's just, you know, not even – it's not even dressed up. Yeah, it's, it's just, pl- just playing the part of it, it just It just – it looks like the swamps of sadness from NeverEnding Story. Yeah. The um, bog of eternal stench. <laughs> if, you, if you touch it at all. <laughs> um, uh, so MacGyver is driving like a utility van through the, the wasteland, and he and he comes up to a, like a signpost that has a envelope taped to it. Yeah. With a cassette tape and a letter. And uh, I was totally ready for Murdoch's voice to start coming yeah, out of this. Like thing. this is this is like such a weird it thing. Seems like a villain setup. I think they just really wanted to have a VO here and they were like but the opening set pieces the guy's supposed to be sucked into a swamp so he would he would be there before macgyver gets there so it wouldn't be in the car to describe the place okay well then there's just a tape recording of him talking that doesn't make much sense (laughs) well there it is so macgyver finds the tape and starts playing it as he's driving and it's bruce harwood's voice Mm -hmm. describing what MacGyver sees around him like he's the tour guide on the Jungle Cruise. Yeah, and he, he mixes it in. He throws in some like biblical references. Yeah, and, and spicing it up. Yeah, he, he he's giving a really dramatic presentation on this tape. I wonder how many takes he did. Yeah, uh, <laughs> he just keeps reminding. Hold on, we got to do this over again. This is MacGyver we're talking about. Uh, Willis's tapes described how the area became so contaminated because uh, the local t- uh, like just from overbuilding. Desaturating the water table, yeah, uh, and uh, pollution—just all the people driving around—basically just destroyed the area. Yeah. Meanwhile, Willis himself is actually checking some of the site, and he's uh, just kind of stepping on uh, bits of floating marshland. Like, yeah. Uh, again, just another, another movie reference is the Lord of the Rings, in the when they're crossing the right, yeah, the, yeah, the, the, the swamp of the dead or something like that. Because um, it, it's it's dirt, it looks like dirt, but it's actually just moss. Yeah. That's so collected that it's like floating on the th- on the surface of the water. Yeah. So Willis is scanning for like radiation and different chemical compounds, and he steps into a, a low section of this bog. Yeah. And and starts to submerge. Uh, luckily, MacGyver is right there because right. he, he's he been just on his got way. there. He um, might have actually gotten there sooner if he hadn't been distracted with having to pull over and get a tape. Put yeah, a, put a tape on in his car. <laughs> then they both would have been in the swamp. Yeah, uh, I built a castle that sank into the swamp. <laughs> uh, so of course uh, Willis is like shouting for him to help him, but also not to come close to him. Right. Because uh, and even on the tape recording, like. Not only is it unsafe to walk around out here, it's also unsafe to just breathe, breathe yeah. in this area. There's like selenium and like other things in the atmosphere. Like so, he tells him on the recording, and then MacGyver immediately rolls the window up. Like, uh, oh, I shouldn't be breathing right now. Well, as if that's gonna make a difference. Yeah, it's I mean, not gonna do anything. It's blasting out of your air conditioning too. Yeah, and your filter's not gonna filter out selenium. Yeah. Uh, so MacGyver uh, goes luckily on the front of his van. There's a winch. Um, and he gets her out of the way so he can use the wench. Yeah. <laughs> uh. <laughs> this is why you come here, people. 
at first I was like, I was like, how are you gonna, how are you gonna get that winch to him and then start it? Like I was like, you gonna throw it to him? But then um, he Drew starts McGovern, it before he leaves. Yeah, he he pulls out enough slack, hopefully, to get to to Willis in time. I keep wanting to call him Byers. Um, yeah. uh, and so he's like just yanking it all out. He starts the lever and he runs out and like just starts waiting as fast as he can uh, to get a hold of him. But of course the winch. Sounds weird to say waiting as fast as he can, <laughs> but that's with a D, not a T. Uh, of course, like tension comes on the line before he can get to him a little yeah, bit. Yeah, so now he's just like, desperately grasping out for arms. Yeah. As, as Byers is actually going under the surface. Now. Right, Willis. I'm just gonna call him Byers. <laughs> um. But luckily, he's able to get a hold of them, and the the winch drags them both out uh, and to safety. But Willis is basically like he's he's grateful, but he says we need to get out of our clothes and shower down right now yeah. before we melt. I wonder if he didn't just make up all this just so that he could take a shower with MacGyver. <laughs> um, There's oxygen tanks right underneath the surface of the swamp, so that yeah, he just breathe. in case. Um, you know, also, if, since this place is so toxic and deadly, you think he'd have something a little bit more stable than a tent? Like, yeah. where, where's the air coming from this tent? Yeah. Does he sleep with a mask on? Uh, so Willis now shows MacGyver, uh, like, a, a short presentation that he had created right. about this new city called Bartlett City that's going to be built. Yeah. Um, now, the EPA has already cleared it for construction. Right. The EPA said, oh, no, it's fine. Everything's fine. Uh, Willis thinks otherwise. Yeah, he, he thinks they may have been paid off because his own research indicates that what happens, what happened in a nearby town is going to happen here. Mm-hmm. And so he, his animation shows like the city like tapping into the water table. Uh, Drinking nature's milkshake. Yeah. And then uh, the, the lowering of the water table from its usage would completely destroy a nearby town because... They're, they're much higher up on the land, so their water table would descend. And then said. eventually it would destroy the lower town also. Correct. Like the buildings would literally just collapse because the yeah. water table was too low. That part seemed a little weird. I don't understand the logic there. but um, Maybe if it's... Suddenly the, the foundation isn't well, even... Well, it, it could be a hydraulic effect. Yeah. So all that water you're sap, you're, that, that can't compress is yeah. keeping the ground above it on top of it. Now you're pulling it out, so now it can... Now it just caves in underneath. Like one of those giant, like creepy wormholes in South America that just yeah. swallows a whole intersection. Yeah, sink, sinkholes, yeah. yeah. So we get we get those here, but they're generally because of a water main burst. Yeah. And by here you mean specifically the Los Angeles area. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, it happens, it happens a lot here for some well, reason. Wherever you're listening to it, that's where it happens. Yes. It can happen here. Uh-huh. <laughs> Someone just gets sucked into a hole while they're listening. Willis wants MacGyver to talk to Bartlett, who is in charge of the city that's going to be called New uh, Bartlett City. Yeah, very creative. Yeah. What should they call it? Name it after me. Um, it's probably like the 20th city that he's called Bartlett City. Yeah, yeah. There's so many. There's New Bartlett City. There's Neo Bartlett in, City. one in each state. He wants it to be like a Springfield. Because <laughs> uh, so, Willis believes, though, that uh, Bartlett probably won't listen and he'll need a like willis is not like suited for confrontation right he's a he's a he's a scientist so we cut to then bartlett's office 
and uh, we see we were introduced to uh, Andrew, Laura, and Scott. Yeah, I, I I was looking at my notes. And I was like Andrew, Laura. <laughs> uh, I didn't put a, I didn't put any commas. Not even an Oxford comma. What was I thinking? Um, that's the problem. That's why you need the Oxford comma. That's exactly what it's for. Um, so yeah, Andrew, Laura, and Scott Bartlett. Uh, uh, it's so funny that. Scott Bartlett is played by John Piper Ferguson. We were just talking about him like four episodes yeah, ago. Yeah, I got him confused with Jesse Tyler Ferguson. Right. Um, and I was like, oh, no, no, John Piper Ferguson because he's from Briscoe County. Yeah. Uh, and so as soon as I saw him, I was like, oh, well, that's going to be a fun thing for us to talk about. <laughs> um, uh, Andrew Bartlett uh, is the man in charge. Right. Owner of the company, owns the land. He's played by Jim McMullen. And his daughter, Laura, uh, plays by Mitzi Capture. Yeah, Jim McMullen here kind of looks like Barry Boswick on Spin City. A little bit, yeah. And uh, he, uh, he also played a UN representative in Austin Powers. Um, Mitzi Capture, uh, it, she was Katie in Rock the Cradle. Okay, yeah, yeah. Which, is Katie the one who had the kid or the yeah. friend from the work? Oh. I don't remember I don't remember if she was the actual mother or the other yeah, woman that worked there. Yeah, there were only two women in that episode, yeah. so it's she was one of those two. Yeah. Um, and she also played, this is going to be a long tangent about the, the horror comedy franchise House, but her very first role was in House 2, The Second Story, which is the title, the full title of House 2. Um, I get it. Yeah. So House 1 was written by uh, Ethan Wiley and Fred Decker, Fred Decker of of the Black and Decker screenwriting team of Fred Decker and Shane Black. Yeah, yeah. Who did, like, Monster Squad and a bunch of other stuff. Um, and we've had uh, two guests of the show uh, both appear in-house, Kay Lenz and Michael Ensign. Um, but the first one was directed by Steve Miner, who does, like, a lot of horror, but now a lot of TV. So he did Friday the 13th, 2 and 3. He did Halloween 20, <laughs> uh, Soul Man. And uh, more recently, he did nine episodes of a show called Chasing Life, which a friend of mine actually created um and so i've never seen house two i've only seen the first one and there's no cast in common with the first movie it's the same writers but this mm -hmm. one's directed by one of the screenwriters instead of that horror director and this now house is that a, an adaptation of house no okay this is this is older than that okay um but uh william cat was the main character and he's like a guy who's like recovering from like trauma in Vietnam and he's a writer I think and he inherits this house mm -hmm. and he's separated from his actress wife played by Kay Lenz and moves into this house that's haunted and his neighbor is this like fun loving guy played by George Went in the first movie <laughs> but in the second movie like I said none of the cast returns so in the second movie the guy living in the George Went house is John Ratzenberg <laughs> so they just that, replaced Norm with Cliff I that. guarantee you it was on purpose um, but yeah, I've, I've never seen it, but when I was scrolling through it, I was like, that's a ridiculous <laughs> way to do it. Just to yeah. switch it out one for the other. But, um, now I kind of want to see it. Uh, I yeah. mean, if the title wasn't reason enough, but, um, I'm sure it's terrible because no one has ever recommended house two to me. Mm -hmm. I mean, no one recommended house one, but I yeah. watched it because it has like a disembodied hand ringing a doorbell. Yeah, 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 yeah. But, um, yeah. So now I have to check out house two. The only thing I remember of one of the house movies was a talking pizza. I think that's the first one. Okay, because it's like I I know it was a house movie. 
I and I and I remember because I remember I was I, I wanted I was, a, I was a kid and I think I was supposed to be scared of it, but I realized how ridiculous it was that this pizza was talking and it wasn't malicious. Yeah, it was like talking normal. I was like, well, this isn't even an evil talking pizza. Yeah. <laughs> Now I want to do like a marathon of every movie with house in the title. So it would be like House and House 2, and Road then the house. Japanese house, Roadhouse, House uh, on Haunted Hill. Oh yeah, House on Haunted Hill. Monster Last house. house on the left. There you go. There's a lot of good ones. And you got to watch the entire series of House. House of the Dead. No. Not going to watch that. you got to watch House. No, with MD. The entire series? Yeah. Sure. Because every episode is... That's house. true. No, it's a good show, though. What if I died? <laughs> So, uh, in their family meeting of the Bartlett's, right? Uh, back to MacGyver. Uh, I guess we could talk about MacGyver. Yeah, yeah, we've we've literally talked about everything else. <laughs> uh, uh, Andrew Bartlett picks on his son Scott for his uh, attire, like he's just kind of like very casual Friday uh, at the office, and he's also very distracted. He's like fiddling with stuff on the desk. Uh, Laura Bartlett seems more in line with the company attitude and the persona. And is like it, being attentive to her father. Although you can tell that she doesn't appreciate him picking on her brother. Yeah. There, 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 there is some like family tension that's going on here. Um, out the window, I thought it was really interesting. Um, because they go out of their way to try to make it seem like they're in L.A. or somewhere else. Yeah. Um, but obviously this, this is meant to be somewhere else. It's not meant to be in L.A. Yeah. Um, but it's very clearly Vancouver because there's a very famous Vancouver building out the window. Yeah. The, I had to look at, I didn't know the name of it, but I had to, I had to identify it. But um, I just, I put in Vancouver Space Needle Building because that's what it, it looks like, the Space Needle, yeah. but sitting on top of a normal building instead of a tower. Yeah. Um, it's called the Harbor Center Building. And you can't get any more like European or Canadian with this because Harbor has a U and Center has an E. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like. Throw the word color in there with a U somehow. Yeah, yeah. If it was the, the Harbor Color Honor Center, it would have been <laughs> perfect. <laughs> Uh, so MacGyver arrives at the construction site uh, for Bartlett City, and he meets with Laura and Scott at their kind of like makeshift trailer office. Right. And I don't think that he realizes Scott's of anyone importance because Scott's on the floor. He fixing looks like a, a maintenance guy. Yeah. yeah. He's he, just like peeling away at the walls. He he's like fixing one of those like uh, radiator radiator he, floor heaters. Um, and of course Laura comes out fully dressed to greet him and says, "Oh, you you'll be talking to me." And um, uh, and uh, Scott excuses himself and leaves, um, and MacGyver starts going in a little bit about the EPA and wanting to get better studies. Yeah. And then the phone rings immediately, and it's Scott calling for his sister, and they have like this kind of like one of those like conversations in which you can't reveal who you're talking to, so you yeah. have to be kind of vague. And Scott asks if this MacGyver is going to be a problem, and she says, "Yes, I think he is." <laughs> Uh, so of course Scott gets the, gets the picture. Yeah. And, uh, but then she asks my Ivor out for a casual lunch. Well, we'll talk it over over lunch. And it's like, yeah. oh, okay. This is going to go more than a romantic way. Yeah. For MacGyver. She's playing the negotiator here. Mm-hmm. We'll love him off? Yeah. Question mark. So at lunch, uh, MacGyver and Laura talk about the, again, talk about the EPA studies. Um, and it's basically of the sense that we had the study done. We did everything correctly, legally, and on time. Yeah. And MacGyver's, is, MacGyver's complaint is like, well, I think the studies are bogus, and I want to do another one. Uh, 
so of course that's frustrating to to somebody who says like well we did everything we're supposed to do yeah uh, which is kind of the same thing that the people said in the negotiator they were like but we already have like why do we need to do an additional study the first study came back okay and he's like well i want to go more in depth mm-hmm. and he's always right yeah to go more in depth uh there's a very suspicious waiter who keeps making eye contact with Laura. Yeah. Until she finally like gestures for him to come over, and he says, "Oh, are you MacGyver? There's a phone call for you in this back room with yeah. three, four big, heavy-looking men." And it's kind of like the back room from Cheers. It's like the room that they yeah. just use to beat people up because it's just the pool hall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it separates from the rest of the hallway. But so there's just a phone. And Those were pool some dark table. episodes of Cheers too. Yeah. When they took people. When they in started the back murdering room. people in the back room. <laughs> It's 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 such a strange like whenever they would go back there it'd always be really weird. It's just like why why is it necessary to be in this room from the yeah. main bar? I mean I'm glad that we know it exists, but it it doesn't it, it doesn't enhance the story to have it take place in a new different location. We came here for the bar. Sometimes it enhanced it. I'm just gonna go ahead and say Cheers is flawless, <laughs> at least for the uh, for before. Um, Kirstie Alley shows up. Oh, I still like the Kirstie Alley part. I need too. to watch more of it. I, I still can't get more than a season and a half into her appearance on the show. But there's probably funny stuff after she shows up. Yeah. Uh, so MacGyver goes into the back room to take a phone call, and of course, there are men waiting for him. They, they close off the door that exits the pool hall, and uh, their grievance with MacGyver is that he's threatening to take away their jobs. Yeah. Like, they're going to be building this city. It's going to take years. Yeah, they're kind of like the loggers in Log Jam. Yeah. Um, so, MacGyver uh, grabs some pool chalk, which I've never seen it loose before. Like, I've always seen just, like, one of the little blue cubes. Yeah, that's true. It's loose like it's, like, in a gymnast. Like, yeah, like gym bag. Powdering like your powder. hands, yeah. Um, and so, he blows chalk in a couple of their faces, and... Uh, Gets a couple of them taken out, but they, there's just too many. And I think one of them hits him over the head with a with a cue. Yeah. Uh, and John Delancey. Literally breaks John Delancey over his head. Uh, and, of course, uh, Laura, after the commercial break, finds MacGyver and goes, Oh, my goodness, what happened? Yeah. And MacGyver is immediately like, Oh, you don't know? Yeah. <laughs> um, and then he breaks a Desmond Llewellyn over her head. Yeah. <laughs> Why are there so many cues in here? Uh, uh, but uh, MacGyver tells her that, yeah, these guys wanted me to leave town. And then she goes, well, you should probably do that. Yeah, because well, maybe that's not a terrible idea. Get out of here. Um, but MacGyver is more insistent that he wants to meet the EPA agent who did the study specifically. Um, we assume that that probably happens because now all of a sudden we're at uh, the Bartlett City proper site. Uh, where Bartlett is giving a presentation, and Andrew Bartlett, sorry, that is yeah, yeah. the the man in charge. Uh, MacGyver arrives to talk to Bartlett, who is kind of upset that he came here and interrupted his his presentation. Uh, but Mac says that the EPA agent who did the study didn't follow proper procedures, and that the results have been tainted, mostly because he did the water table tests after a heavy rain. So, of oh, course, okay. it's it's going to come back like, oh, there's plenty of water here. Yeah. Uh, uh, so, again, Bartlett is coming back with, like, lawyers and, like, we followed all the laws. There's nothing we've done. Everything's go. 
uh, you're you're just wasting your time here. Uh, so Bartlett wants to know what it will take to get MacGyver off his back. Yeah. And MacGyver says two hours of his time. And Bartlett seems like, okay, if that's all it's going to take, yeah. then uh, we'll take a ride. And he wants to show MacGyver, MacGyver wants to show him the, the, the wasteland. Yeah. Uh, Scott and Laura have uh, other plans in mind. Because they're planning a very, very hostile takeover of the company. Right. Um, they feel condescended to by the old man. Yeah. Um, In that first meeting where we see them all sitting at the desk, the uh, the father makes some crack at the end of the conversation. Like, if you don't start dressing right, I'm going to take the Porsche away. Yeah. And Scott takes that very personally, even though he's dressing like a slob and they're supposed to be like real estate family. Mm-hmm. Um and he feels so offended about that that he's decided that they're just going to completely turn on the old man and take, yeah. the, take this company take the over. Company. Even and though his sister's probably already in line to take it over. Yeah, she's already being groomed. I'm, I'm sure if he just waited it out, because she, she cares about him. Yeah. The, the, um, she, she doesn't want to see him hurt, and she doesn't seem to really care about how he dresses. Yeah. So once she takes over, it won't be a problem. But either way, that requires the father to be dead, which is the next phase of their plan. Right. The deading of the father. <laughs> the deading. The deadening. Uh, uh, Laura is a little bit more apprehensive about killing him. Uh, since Mostly because she doesn't have a solid motive. Yeah. Apparently, it, Scott and Laura do mention that they did pay off the EPA agent right. to run those tests. Yeah. So... When MacGyver and Mr. Bartlett, Andrew Bartlett, leave in the van, Scott, Scott already tells her, well, you don't need to worry about killing Dad because it's already done. Uh, Scott planted a bomb in the van while they were inside talking. And when the, when the van hits 55 miles an hour, yeah. uh, the bomb's going to explode. Actually, it's when the odometer rolls to uh, the next 55-mile yeah. marker. Uh and of course, just before the commercial break, we get that you think you think it's not going to go off because it's MacGyver, right? Um, and uh, Bartlett almost seems to be coming around about the wasteland. Like he, he even tells MacGyver, "You're a hell of a salesman because this this is certainly overwhelming evidence." Yeah. Um, but just then, it hits 55. The bomb blows up, and the van just completely rolls. Um, and uh, when MacGyver and Bartlett wake up, they're upside down, which is always a a fear of mine. Like, if I'm ever in an accident, like, that I'd be upside down. Oh, really? Because, uh, like, I imagine my seatbelt would be holding me up to to an extent, or at least holding me in. Well, that's what it seems like is going on with Mr. Bartlett here. Yeah, he's, like, completely suspended. Yeah. Um, it's also a high-roof van. But MacGyver's, like, fell down and smashed up against the windshield. I'm Correct. assuming he didn't have a seatbelt on. Nah, that's what I assume, too. Yeah. Because uh, seatbelts are for nerds. Yeah, MacGyver doesn't. I'm quoting Space Ghost here. <laughs> he was driving his uh, his ship with Hanson in the car, and they were like, do you have any seatbelts? And he's like, seatbelts? Seatbelts are for nerds. You kids aren't nerds, are you? Because this ain't no nerd taxi. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, Laura and Scott um, are destroying their evidence of, I guess, either their plans to take over the company or whatever documents that they needed to get signed uh, in order to take legal claim or perhaps 
deals that they've made with other people. I, I'm not quite sure. She's destroying evidence. That's what she says. Right. Uh, who knows? Maybe it's it's incriminating letters they wrote to each other while they were at summer camp. Yeah. Uh, and uh, but they but uh, Scott insists that they need to go and check on the status of the bomb to make sure it did the job. Yeah. So even though that would be way more suspicious than someone else. Then someone finding else the finding body them. And yeah. Determining. Because then because then you could just go, oh my god, you're alive. That's so great. I didn't know yeah. what happened. Uh, versus, oh, we we oh, we, we came survived? Acro- we came across their bodies after this bomb exploded, and bullets were found in them. Why did you come out here if you had no reason to come out here? I don't understand. Um, bam! bam. <laughs> yeah, you just got to keep killing everybody now. Yep. It's, it's the MacGyver on the sun rack from golden triangle yeah. conundrum, where you just, just, just have to keep killing the next person that shows up forever. Just keep pretending you're asleep. He's got this pile of bodies. <laughs> there was a big tree there for him to hide them all behind. Oh, yeah. Eventually the smell, though. In that, in that humid heat in Burma? Yeah. So MacGyver and Bartlett, uh, Bartlett has injured his leg severely. He's bleeding yeah. out, in fact. And so MacGyver and Bartlett are trying to limp their way through the wasteland to at least get to the... Uh, to Willis's little headquarters, so yeah. they could radio for help, since they're kind of they're kind of at the halfway point or beyond the halfway point. Yeah. So it's like it's faster to go there. Uh, so but uh, Bartlett can't go on, so he has to. They have, they're forced to kind of stop, and MacGyver is forced to kind of like make a little campfire for them. Um, I thought for sure what where this was going to go was he wasn't going to have any problem lighting the kindling, because of all the chemicals. So I thought he was just gonna like light it and it's gonna like, whoosh, yeah, yeah. like and he was gonna be going, holy crap! <laughs> uh, but nothing like that happens. He just he just makes it gentle. They just inhale the selenium fumes. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, what? Isn't this place horribly toxic? <laughs> um, Bartlett even points out that he doesn't even hear a cricket because uh, there aren't any. Right. There aren't any in the sound area the way they were recording. So he can make all the bad jokes he wants without being embarrassed by the wildlife. <laughs> Uh, or is it worse if not even crickets? Not are... even crickets are chirping. That is pretty <laughs> bad. Um, so Lauren Scott are of course driving his Porsche down the rough dirt roads of the wasteland and get stuck, and so they're forced to go on foot. Um, and uh, Mac brings uh, you know some more wood for the fire, and he says he's going to head off to the lab alone. Yeah. Uh, and. Uh, and so he does. I mean, like, it's like everything is going to be moving really fast here because it's going to be intercutting between MacGyver heading towards the camp and Scott and Laura getting closer. Because um, as Scott and Laura are getting closer, we see now that Scott has a gun. And he does this thing where he, they're already out on the trail. They've left the car behind. He pulls out his gun to show his determination. But then he checks to make sure it's loaded. Yeah. It's like... If you loaded this gun, you would know. Or even worse, he like opens up the chamber and goes, "Dang, I should have checked this before we left yeah. the house." Or he goes like, he throws it open and all the bullets fall into the swamp. <laughs> like, oh, oh man. man, I thought for sure we were gonna see a return of the, of the actual quicksand situation here. Oh yeah, that would have been a much more uh, justifiable death. Yeah. I don't, I don't know why that didn't come back up. Like, mm-hmm. they set it up in the beginning that, oh, by the way, this whole area can just swallow people whole. Yeah. But they don't come back to that. 
No, that, that's, that's a much better, if we could only rewind time. Yeah. That would have been a good way to kill Scott at the end here. Yeah. Like, because they don't have anything that they get to him yeah, this time. It's a typical, like, MacGyver didn't do it villain yeah, death. Yeah, 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 yeah. Totally. Yeah. So, MacGyver reaches the uh, tent structure. It's like a prefab canvas structure. Um, but because there's an approaching storm, he can't get a radio signal through. Yeah. The electromagnetics, I guess, are just too strong. Um, so, he just... He, and in much in a Holy Rose opening gambit fashion... He creates a very elaborate machine that probably wouldn't work. Yeah. Um, Definitely wouldn't work for what he intends to do with it. Yeah. Um, luckily, Willis had some kind of air tunnel soil separating bat separator or something like that. Like, yeah. It's like, what is this used for? It's um, for bat shark repellent. <laughs> Um, so he starts dismantling this and like cutting holes in the, uh, the protective tent that's keeping him breathing. Meanwhile, Laura and Scott see the wrecked van, no bodies, but find the footprints. Yeah. So this, this whole sequence is just about, like, giving MacGyver time to build what he's building. Yeah. Like, this, this is actually as close to mimicking the movie The Martian as MacGyver gets. Yeah. Oh, no, totally. This is very much The Martian. He's, like, repurposing the hab. But instead of building a, you know, like... A better vehicle. He's building a well, flying it's kind machine. Of a vehicle. It's kind of a vehicle. <laughs> as much as a bike is a vehicle. Right. Which, according to the vehicle code, it is. Is that true? Yeah. Um, That's why you can get a DUI on a bike. Yep, and it's also why you're supposed to stop at stop signs on a bike. Not that anyone ever does. Um, it's. I have a, like a little bit of a pet peeve about bikers. Yeah. Um, that I'll, they that they pretend to be pedestrians when it's convenient, and they pretend to yeah. be cars when it's convenient. Yeah. Well, I can ride in the middle of the road, and if the light turns red, I'll just get in this crosswalk and ride through the. Yeah, street. exactly. Um, that's why they get really upset when they get tickets. Yeah. It's like, well, what do you mean I get a ticket for running a stop sign? I'm on a bike. You still have to stop. <laughs> um. So. Uh, MacGyver starts cutting up the canvas. He starts taking some of uh, the wiring that he had. I guess Willis needed a lot of wire. Yeah. Got to have a lot of wire when you're doing taking soil Never samples. Never have too much wire. High gauge, you know. Yep. Uh, Bartlett had fallen asleep and wakes up from a, a weird dramatic fever dream, probably due to selenium poisoning. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and uh, puts puts a little bit more wood on the fire. Uh. And we're, we're kind of now seeing more and more of what MacGyver is building because of, of uh, the fan on a backpack, the wires laid out in like a web, but all going in one direction. Yeah. And the fabric that he's laying out on top of it. Uh, and now Scott and Laura have arrived and uh, Scott basically confesses to the, about the bomb. Yeah, the bomb was us and I'm here to kill you and we're going to take over your company. Um, they, they couldn't handle the pressure from him anymore. Um, threatening to take their Porsches away. Yeah. Uh, Laura is having a change of heart though. She, she, she was fine with the bomb and not being there to see him die, but this is a little bit too much personal. Yeah. So she, Um, she ends up when, when he brings the gun up to point it at their father, she tries to wrestle it away. Yeah. And in the ensuing scuffle is shot. Yeah. And, and one shot kill golden yeah. gun style yeah. she is down and dead yeah pulseless uh, 
immediately. Yeah, it's this what? Yeah. <laughs> she didn't get shot in the head or the heart. Yeah. I, I think she just well, maybe she did get shot in the heart. We don't know. Yeah. But she's heartless. Oh, oh. She's not that bad though. She tried to stop the murder. Because it's too incriminating. <laughs> That's why she did it? Not because she cares about her father at yeah, all. Yeah, no, you you roll him into the swamp with his wounded yeah. leg, he fell, and yeah. now he's dead. Push him into the bog. The air is sweet. That's my <laughs> Sir Didymus impression. <laughs> it's like the worst name for a character, too, Didymus. Yeah. It's like, but mm, a little too close to male anatomy. <laughs> <laughs> I get the same problem with Majora's Mask. <laughs> uh, anyway, <laughs> if you get those references, that's good for you. Um, so uh, uh, MacGyver hears the gunshot, even though it was clearly muffled into the flesh of a woman. Yeah. I don't think he would have heard There's it. There's no better silencer than the chest of a woman. I've always <laughs> said that. Uh, so MacGyver now uh, starts his parasailing. And I'm not overly familiar with parasailing, but I think, don't you have to kind of get a, like, jumping start almost, like, off yeah. a cliff? Like, don't you need, like, the wind blowing off a cliff to help you kind of, like, get the thing I think for the most air? part you also need a speedboat <laughs> to get the start that you well, want. people sail, parasail off the mountain here all the time. Yeah. But but I think because... But not from the ground. They don't start down on the ground. No, they no, no. Jump. They start off on the mountain. You climb yeah. the mountain. But I th- and I think because you need the air... The, the movement of the heavy air on the mountain to fill the the, the chute. Yeah. And then you can kind of run off. I mean, it's the off. same as hang gliding. You exactly. couldn't just do it from the ground, though. You'd Correct. have to be up on a that's, mountain. That's exactly my point, yeah. is that MacGyver wouldn't have been able to get a good takeoff from this. And also, he's going so slowly, and he's moving in such a smooth motion that it would not have been hard at all to just shoot him in the face. Yeah. Also, he would have heard him coming from, like, two miles away. Yeah. And he does. He looks up and he's just like, what's going on? What? Uh, uh, here comes MacGyver. What can I do? I have a gun and he's right there in front of me. What should I do? And I, I don't. And then MacGyver kicks him over. I, I just envision him as the steamroller guy. Yeah. No. Yep. Exactly that. It's exactly <laughs> Michael away. McDonald in Awesome Powers. Uh, so um, he kicks, kicks him down. And then MacGyver swings around and in a very sped up photography scoops up Bartlett with his legs. MacGyver does not skip leg day, by the yeah. way. He is able to just grapple onto Bartlett and yeah. carry him to safety. Um, Which is God knows how far away. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's, it's a couple, it's at least an hour drive. Also, how is this fan being powered? Oh, yeah. It's, don't, don't you worry about that. It's gasoline. Does it have a gas generator it's somewhere in this Probably costume? Fan. Probably, yes. <laughs> uh, Scott now finally does start shooting. Yeah. Uh, but of course, he, he's missing. He's a terrible shot. Yeah. <laughs> Harry, you're alive. <laughs> he can only shoot at point blank range. Um, so the Act 5 roundup um, is very depressing. Yeah. Because his daughter's dead. His son is going to jail, therapy, psychiatric And counseling. he and MacGyver are both uh, diagnosed with stage four cancer. Yeah, they have lymphoma. Yep. Um, yeah, reporters are interviewing Bartlett. He's decided to abandon the town right. that he's building. So he's going to lose all that investment. Uh, his daughter was killed. He's going to set up a foundation to help 
family family counseling basically uh i think it's i think the daughter dying is a more realistic catalyst for him to cancel the city than for this fat cat character to be convinced just from a tour through this wasteland that the city was going to change i feel like he should have still been resistant to macgyver even all the way up through his daughter being killed and that should have been the turning point for Mm -hmm. him because I, I think that's a more believable like way to bring someone down to earth yeah. than to just be like, but look, it's all gross here. And he's like, I don't, my, I paid an EPA agent. He told me it's fine. Yeah. Sorry, MacGyver. I'm sorry this offends one person, you, but I'm going to do this anyway. Or even so, or even more so, like, to find... he doesn't know the kids paid the EPA agent. Exactly. Like, like the betrayal of, of his kids and the fact that they know that this place is going to not last. Yeah. Uh, it's like, well, wait a minute! You didn't tell me any of this. I wouldn't. I would have reconsidered this site. Yeah. I was going because I trusted you. Yeah. Like the the trust issue would have been a, a much higher, more significant yeah. emotional beat to uh, to have. You know what? You got you. You're gonna drive the Mercedes for a while, I think. Oh no! Come on. Come on, Dad. At least let me have the Bentley. Um. No one drives the Bentley but me. Uh. <laughs> Working in Beverly Hills, I see Bentleys so often, and yes. I'm just like terrified to get near them because in case yeah. like my brakes go out, it's like I know if like something if I'm in an accident with this car, even if it's not my fault, it's going to be my fault. <laughs> um, I think it was a Bentley. Someone was driving a Bentley out of the car wash that was, um, I think it's in Thousand Oaks or or Westlake, but it was really close to our place in Agora, mm-hmm. and. Uh, it was like the the guy at the car wash said it was like a three hundred thousand dollar car. Yeah. And he pulled it out of their parking lot after he got it washed on like a blind turn, and a lady in like a Toyota just totaled it. Ugh. And her insurance covered it. Yeah. But I mean, her rates must be insane. Now. Yeah, or I'm sure if anything, I'm sure her insurer would probably drop her. Yeah. I mean. But it's just, yeah, that's rough. Yeah. So um, this. Like, this episode is definitely similar to a lot of things that we've already seen. Yeah. Um, I mean, we, we mentioned Logjam, where, you know, people are upset because they're going to lose their jobs. And but Negotiator, where there's people that are so interested in completing their construction that they're ignoring. willing to kill people. Yeah, exactly. Um, although, I'd say that the, the significance of this construction site is a little bit more than... The beach getting eroded in a, like a certain right, species. Because it's not going to kill wildlife. It's going to kill humans. Yeah, kill... Or at least displace a lot of humans. Yeah, and destroy an entire region. Yeah. Um, so it, it's, it's a little bit higher stakes, I guess. Sure. But, but the similarity of the plot line of land developer wants to build, MacGyver says no. Land developers try to kill MacGyver. Yeah. That, that was literally the pitch for this episode. Um. It's not a bad episode. No. Uh, there, there's some bad things in it, because I, I, much like the Holy Rose hang glider and the parasailing thing, I think is a little much. I think it would have been better had he built, um, like, a go-kart with the fan. Yeah. Like, uh, like or something. Like, Wills had some kind of cart some utility. Some kind of buggy. Yeah, he had, like, Wills had, like, a utility cart, a heavy-duty one. And he, like, put, like, bicycle tires on it instead yeah. of, yeah. Uh, and then uses the fan as a blower. Like, you know, to, just to put as a pusher, you know, the still... I still don't think that would propel. I I think it could. I mean, it's not... Maybe it's not as powerful. It's supposed to be a wind tunnel fan, so I'm imagining it's um, like like a 
one of those boats for the Everglades. What do they call those boats? Power boats. Power, no. Yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. I was thinking something like that. Like where it would just be like, it, again, just enough to propel him, maybe, yeah. and and Bartlett once he gets to him. Yeah. Um, I, and I think well, that would have been more believable. I also feel like the family drama could have been fixed a little bit. I feel like it was a little bit sloppy that he wasn't enough of a dick to his kids to warrant them deciding to murder him. Yeah. Oh, and, no, not murder. Well, of yeah. course, we're not seeing... We're not seeing all their their whole life and their yeah, childhood. Yeah, but even but when he says, even when he says like, "Oh, you got to start dressing right, or I'm going to take the Porsche away," he's not even saying that in a mean way. Yeah. He's saying it in like a jokey dad way, like, like, <laughs> you know, if you show up to another one of these meetings dressed like that, I might have to take the Porsche away from mm-hmm. you. And it's like, that's so condescending, Dad. But it's not like, I'm not. He's not even serious about it. Like, if you yeah. showed up the next day in flip flops, he would still let you drive the Porsche home. Like, yeah, that's not a reason to murder a person because he joked about it. Uh. We kind of glossed over, but Bartlett has a moment with MacGyver where he talks about coming up from nothing and yeah. how his kids grew up with everything. Yeah. So they don't they don't they don't have the same mentality. Typical millennials. Yeah. Jeez. Everything's theirs. <laughs> uh, uh, but uh, yeah, so like that whole thing, like it's just building into their their jerky nature for the siblings. Yeah. Um. But you I mean obviously Laura uh, isn't without guilt. She was obviously was conspiring to take over the company, and even though she wasn't pleased with her brother's actions to with the bomb, she was like, "Well, okay, then it's done." Like, yeah, I feel like maybe I think my problem is that her character is so underwritten. Yeah, that she says almost nothing in that first meeting, and it's really hard to decide which team she's on because. She's not clearly like excited about taking over, mm-hmm. and she's not completely on board with the plan. So she's yeah. just kind of wishy-washy, like silent type, where it felt like they could have made it very clear, like, uh, or even play up the fact that it's like, hey, you know, I'm heir to the throne here. Why convince me to join your side of this? Yeah. Because yeah. otherwise, why shouldn't I just wait out, Dad? Mm-hmm. Like, if you're going to kill him, then you kill him, and then I'm in charge. So. I, they'll, 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 it's uh, what are they, plausible deniability. There you go. Yeah, don't tell me what you're gonna do. I don't want to know about what you're yeah. gonna do. I'm just gonna keep doing what I'm doing. And if something should wink, wink happen to Dad, it's his own fault. Yep. I'm just gonna keep eating the air like this. <laughs> um, yeah, I think that's about it for this one. Mm-hmm. Um, if you guys have any thoughts you'd like to share with us, you can find us on Twitter at Opening Gambit. You can find us at facebook.com slash Phoenix Foundation Podcast or our website, phoenixfoundationpodcast.com. And if you're digging the show, feel free to review us on iTunes. Tune in next week. We're going to be covering Season 6, Episode 14, Eye of Osiris. Yes. So that's a fun one. we got uh, some Kai Wolf coming back. Mm-hmm. We've got the entire plot of Raiders of the Lost Ark. Oh, it's great. <laughs> I love this episode. All right. Thank you for listening. Bye. Bye.